glad you're all here. If, if this is your first time you picked a doozy, okay, because we're going to eat lunch together after, and it's kind of a special day, as, as you can probably tell. So happy two years, Redemption City. Okay, happy for it, excited about it. Somebody told me it takes 200 miracles to plant a church, and I think we're about 80 or 90 miracles in, okay? So uh, more to come, all right? So, uh, so many things I want to share, you know, and this past week, a couple weeks ago, uh, our team was kind of reminiscing about the past couple years, and we started kind of talking about the different things that God has been doing. We talked about outreach. We try to kind of tabulate. We think that we've knocked on over uh, 50,000 doors as a church, okay? Just like getting out there. 109 degrees and still knocking, okay, hanging door knockers and, uh, you know, asking people to come to church. We, we think that we put on a, or helped with about 80 outreach events. And so we've washed about every car in Benbrook, okay. We've been handing out bottles of water. We've helped with the Benbrook, uh, the YMCA trunk or treat and all kind of things they do here. And so uh, it's kind of part of who we are at this point. We're doing it so much. One story from that, uh, Colton and Sarah, who they, they love when I talk about them, so, you know, a lot of times we'll go out to the Trinity River and we'll give out a free bottle of water and invite people to our church. And a couple years ago, they were walking down the Trinity River and going, maybe we should get in church. You know, or, you know we're thinking about starting a family, getting married in a little while, maybe we should. And right then we handed them a bottle of water and they were like, okay, Lord, we, we hear you. They started coming. Uh, you know, I, w- I had the privilege of, of baptizing Colton. Okay, now they host a weekly small group in there house, and that's planning to multiply, and it's amazing. So our, our mission statement is to make disciples who make disciples in Fort Worth and around the world for God's glory, and we see that happening. I could share so many stories about, I mean, already Brandon is making disciples who will make disciples who will make disciples. That's what we're about in, in the outreach. Uh, so social media, we, we don't share a lot of stuff like this a lot of times, but it's just kind of incredible what God has done uh, through social media. Like crazy. Susanna shared the gospel with 115,000 people a couple of months ago. That's amazing. YouTube has all these thousands, tens of thousands of uh, views, and so, uh, and really there's a lot of people to thank with that, but Caitlin Sorrells runs our social media. Best of the best. Okay, thank you, Caitlin. Uh, we were talking about it as we were talking as a team, we, we were talking about the multiplication, just like I was mentioning, that the disciples making disciples, all the baptisms that I could, I could spend our whole time just talking about each baptism and what it has meant and what God has been doing. You got to see that firsthand. This morning, all that life changed. You know, Jensen has baptized two of his daughters and now friends and their daughters, and it's an amazing thing to see. And, uh, you know, we're planting our second and third church this year. Little old Redemption City is planting our second. So we, we planted one church in Longmont, Colorado, even before we launched. Doug and Dana Hickson, a few of you knew them. Dana led our hospitality ministry that the Mills, Cindy and Mike Mills run now. She was, they were part of us, and we sent them out to Colorado. They've launched. This year, uh, if, if Brandon and Natalie, would you stand up if you're around? Brent, we're planting them in Kerrville, Texas, outside of San Antonio. Fletcher, Matandinga, if, if, your team, if y'all would stand up. Okay, we're planting them in Stephenville. They're launching next Sunday in a movie theater, so pray for Lighthouse, okay? They're, planning, they're starting next week, and so uh, proud of you guys, man, okay? It kind of just worked out that they were all able to be here. That, that really worked out. So, and really, we think multiplication with everything that we do. Chaz preaching his first sermon. George Schroeder preaching his first sermons. He's gone out. To, he's a pastor at a church now. Uh, Adrian Martinez is about to preach his first sermon. That's coming up, Okay. Shout out to Adrian. Caleb leading his first worship service. All these things. Everything we do, we try to think multiplication. At my granddad's uh, funeral, my granddad was my home church pastor. At at my granddad's funeral, uh, he 
planted my home church, was my pastor my whole life. And my dad was preaching his funeral. And my dad said, hey, if, if you were called to preach under Reverend DJ's ministry, would you stand up? And it felt like the whole room stood up. Hundreds of men are preaching across the country and world right now uh, because, uh, you know, my granddad's ministry. And that's what I really hope happens at Redemption City, not because of my ministry, but as we all have a part in that is as we host small groups and these seminary students come to our small groups and they leave seminary white hot for Jesus and on and on we could go. Everything we do, we think multiplication. Uh, Redemption City in Espanol. I'm going to preach, I promise. Okay, just a couple more things, but we got to stop and smell the roses today, okay? Redemption City in Espanol has started. There are already small groups going. Somebody, yeah. Somebody right now is trying to keep up with my rate of speech and translate, okay? Right now, that's happening. And so, praise God for that. Next year, we will have our third worship service every week, 2024, in Spanish, okay? It's happening. And so, be inviting people. That's right. Community. And I feel like the most stories that we could share are about community. If you notice in the video, uh, nobody said, Matt preached this sermon, and that really, every, all of them said, they described their life change that came out of their city group. You know, that's where it really, that's our secret sauce. We, we started with one in my home, and now it's seven groups, and we're going to be at 10 by the end of the year. Praise God, we say more and more. So if you're not in a city group, today's the day, okay? Come to my house this Wednesday. Um, generosity, oh gosh, I, I hate that I feel rushed because I wanted to really spend time here, but everything that I've already mentioned is because of your generosity. That fuels so many things that we're able to send and go and do, you know, uh, so that the churches that we're planting, we're supporting financially, et cetera. Kids ministry, student ministry. Um, and, you know, a couple of, last year I preached through, we preached through Ephesians, and y'all like paid for Ephesians to be translated into a language that didn't previously have a copy of the scriptures. And so there's hundreds of languages that don't have a copy of the scriptures, and we made a dent. We're going to keep making a dent. You know, we've given every uh, teacher in Benbrook a gift card. My gosh, they need it more than ever, okay? Uh, unhoused people, bless, you know, welcome kids to refugees. We've sent so many YMCA, tons of YMCA kids to camp, okay? And so thank you, all right? You have a part, everybody has a part, and we're just getting started, all right? This thing's just getting going. Uh, you know, we're going to continue putting our yes on the table, our lives at God's feet, and saying, yes, Lord, send us. What do you need? Our answer is yes. Now what's the question, Lord, because we'll go, okay? This is Jesus' church. And with every celebration, we're celebrating him. It's his church. It's about Jesus. And he's pushing back the darkness through us uh, here, here in Fort Worth. He's moving. And so we're in the middle of a sermon series called Enjoying God. And what we're trying to do in this series is, you know, I, I'm, I'm afraid a lot of times with, as we practice spiritual disciplines, it's a have-to thing, not a get-to thing. Spiritual disciplines, you know, it's like reading the Bible and praying, or like, oh, I got to do that this morning. Oh, I got to do that again. But it's really not that. It's, it's a get, we, we get to enjoy our relationship with Jesus. And so I think a lot of times we see the spiritual disciplines as like a contract, right? Where if I'll read the Bible and pray a little bit, then maybe God won't be so mad at me. And if I also go to church a couple times a month, and then maybe even a small group, then maybe I'll get a promotion at work, right? But you don't sign a contract with your dad, right? It's a loving relationship, and what we find is the more that we enjoy studying God's Word and having some stillness with God and coming to church, the more our friendship grows with Him, and we go, oh, He's for me. And I can enjoy my relationship with him by reading his word. And it's not this have-to thing, but it's a get-to enjoying thing. His arms are wide open right now, wanting to welcome you into his family, wanting to welcome you back into his presence. And so the discipline we're talking about today is celebration. 
It's a biblical thing, okay? It's a biblical. So by regularly celebrating what God has done, he grows in our hearts. He grows in our church. You know, everywhere Jesus went, celebration was soon to follow. Even when he was born, the angel said to him, fear not, for behold, I bring you pretty good, no, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. John 15 says, these things I've spoken to you, that your joy may, that my joy, Jesus says, may be in you, and that your joy may be glass half empty. No, that your joy, Christian, could be, should be full. We are the people of full joy. But that's not really how people see Christians a lot of times, right? Most of the time when people think of Christians, they think of like Angela from The Office, who was a Christian in the show. You know, she named her two favorite books as The Bible and Purpose Driven Life. Okay. <laughs> so Christians are often seen as like these fuddy-duddies who make all parties lame and are so st- Christians are very serious and judgmental. But to be fair, people often think that about Christians because we're often very serious and very judgmental. So it's not just Angela giving us that street cred, okay? But Angela was the first person to judge people, right? Surely y'all watch The Office. This is America, okay. She was the first to tell her co-workers what they were doing wrong. She was, she was the chairwoman of the party planning committee, and she made the party planning committee the least fun thing ever, okay? And that's what people think that Christians do, but that's not us. We ought to throw the best parties, have the best time, because our God wants his joy to be in you, and the result of that is supposed to be full joy no matter the circumstances. Or as Augustine said in the fourth century, the Christian should be an alleluia from head to foot. That ought to be us, okay? The Christian life is not about what we can't do. It really isn't. Uh, Quite the opposite. Those who follow Jesus have access to true joy, lasting joy. And, you know, who could imagine? Who could imagine a God so good that he weaves celebration into the fabric of his people's lives together. That's what he wants for all of us. And this goes all the way back to the beginning, by the way. In the Old Testament, back in the day, they had what they called the year of Jubilee. Okay, y'all heard the word Jubilee. That word Jubilee is defined in Leviticus, as you read Leviticus 25 later, as the sabbatical year of after seven cycles of seven years. After seven cycles of seven years, if you went to public school like me, that's 49 years. Okay, every 50th year... They took the year off from work. All debt was canceled. Every 50th year, they would practice Jubilee. The ram's horn would be blown on the 10th day of the 7th month to start a year of universal redemption. All slaves forgiven, all debts forgiven, all property returned to its original owners. All labor to stop for one year. Can you imagine getting a whole year off? Making even a Baptist dance this morning. That sounds pretty good. One of the benefits of Jubilee was that both the land and the people were able to truly rest, right? It was a year of rest, of forgiveness, and really a year of celebration. And you you can't help but party when you're released from debt. You can't help but shout whenever, you know, whenever all these great things are happening. Debts are forgiven and property, all these things. And so such radical, God-enabled freedom, you can't help but celebrate. And this did all come from God. And then when Jesus was born into the world, Jubilee was here to stay. And then when Jesus was born into the world, Jubilee was here to stay in our hearts. So Jesus began his public ministry by proclaiming the year of Jubilee. It says in Luke 4, the Spirit, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. That's you. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captive. 
that's you spiritually, and recovering of sight to the blind, that's me and you spiritually, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Jesus said, I came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Favor. The practice of Jubilee in the Old Testament shows us a picture of the New Testament story of Jesus' redemption, of Jesus' forgiveness. And so what he came to do spiritually, and yes, physically, but what he came to do spiritually, we see in the practice of Jubilee. Christ is the Redeemer who came to set people free. We who were enslaved to sin, he came to give us Jubilee. It says in Romans 8, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. The debt of sin we owe to God was paid on the cross through Jesus as he stepped into our place and paid our debt of sin. Colossians 2. And you, put your name on that. You were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses. Yes, even that thing that nobody else knows about in your life. Yes, even that dark secret sin that you hope nobody ever finds out about. All of our trespasses have been forgiven by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Our sin debt is forgiven forever. Can you imagine a God that good? Uh, We are no longer in bondage, no longer slaves to sin. We've been freed by Christ, and now we can truly enter the rest that God provides as we cease laboring to appease God. And now he doesn't love us because of our works. He loves us because of his works. Uh, And that's cause to celebrate. We practice celebrating the freedom God has given. We have to practice that. It doesn't come naturally for us to remember again and again what God has done for us. That's why in the Old Testament, the most common word was remember. You have to practice remembering. You have to practice celebrating, which is what we're going to do today, okay? We're celebrating today. We're celebrating that God, what he's done over the past two years with some singing, some testifying, right? Okay, the old school word, with some time in God's word, and then some good old Texas barbecue is part of the celebration today, okay? Celebration is at the heart of the way of Jesus. It's at the very heart of the way of Christ. You know, we sing that song, My Jubilee Has Come. My Jubilee Has Come. You know that song? We sang it last week. That's Jesus. When we say my jubilee has come, it's Jesus who came, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sin, was buried and raised again to give us jubilee in our hearts forever and ever and ever. He's come to you today. And you know, uh, celebration doesn't happen alone. If you're by yourself and somebody calls you with some good news, what do you do? You you just kind of sit and watch TV. No, you call somebody else or you run over to somebody's house and you go, you got to hear this, okay? Celebration is a together thing. It's a thing that we do as a family. And so, you know, when somebody in our city group graduates or when they have a birthday, we celebrate. We get a cake and we have a big time because that's our church family. When someone who was apart from Christ gets saved, y'all, y'all know y'all gave two standing ovations today? I had to make y'all sit down so, people could, so their grandparents could see him getting baptized. That's amazing. That's who we are. When God does something big, we go nuts, right? We celebrate. So I tried counting up the meals that we've shared together since we started. Okay, I was trying to get all these numbers and things to celebrate, and it proved kind of difficult. Now, you know, this one's easy, one meal today, 
We did this last year. We're going to start doing this every year. Keep doing this every year on our anniversary. Have a meal together after church. Every year we have Friendsgiving to save the date. The Sunday before Thanksgiving, we're going to do this again. We're going to go to somewhere. As we get bigger, it becomes more complicated. But we'll have a meal together. So we've done some big things like that. But we have, we have a meal together every week in small group. And we celebrate, and we have a good time together. Uh, you know, we have a meal at a lot of our member meetings. We have meals every time we get the chance. By my calculation, it proved hard to track. We've had over a thousand meals together already. Okay, it's kind of who we are. So if you like to eat, this is your place. Okay, we eat together every every time we can because that is the way of Jesus. That's who Jesus is. And I, I want you in a minute. When we have lunch together, I want you to just kind of sit back for a second and listen to the room abuzz with laughter and with chatter. And I want you to think of that when you think of heaven. That's what it's going to be like, man. I hope when you think of Redemption City, you don't think of my attempt at preaching or our sharp logo design. I want you to think of us celebrating that God has brought us together, that he's given you people who really care for you. And they really, like Chim said, will stick with you, thick and thin. We really will. You know, Christianity is communal. Lone Ranger Christianity is not really a thing. We get to do this together. Somebody pointed out this week that the Apostle Paul wrote our Lord 53 times and my Lord one time. This is a together faith. And celebration brings joy into life, right? It makes, makes us, joy makes us strong. In the Old Testament, in the book of Nehemiah, they were, the, the Levites were really going through a tough time. It was hard out there on the streets for the Levites, okay? And so their leaders kind of give them a pep talk. Ezra and Nehemiah, they get with them, and they say, Hey, everybody, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord, not, hey, if you buy some more stuff, you're going to feel great, okay? Not if you pray really hard every morning at 5 a.m. for two hours, then you'll find, no, not that. The joy, he's the source. It's the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the year there is plural. Okay. Uh, so in Texan, that's y'all's, right? So a proper rendering in our context is the joy of the Lord is y'all's strength. Together, as one, with his strength, we endure trials. With his strength, we press on no matter what life throws at us. You know, you know we got three kids, and men, uh, it's really important that you never say, we're pregnant. That's not something, okay? Courtney, through each pregnancy, all three pregnancies, she endured the trials, the nausea and the pain and everything else because the joy of motherhood she knew was on the other side. So with hope, she endured, right? Young married couples struggle through those first couple of years of marriage and they make adjustments and it's tough, but, but with hope for a long life together, they endure, right? Parents don't kick teenagers out of the house because they hope it's just a phase, right? So parents of teenagers, they just pray and endure and hope. So when tough times come, and they will for us as a church and for us as individuals, we can know the joy of the Lord is y'all's strength. In Christ, we can keep going. In Christ, we can persevere. In Christ, we can celebrate life and eternity together. We can have joy, residual joy. You know, good moods come and go, you know. Uh, joy, though, is a posture that comes from Jesus himself I think that celebration is central to all the other disciplines, okay? Uh, I think that without a joyful spirit, without jubilee, the disciplines kind of become dull. It kind of becomes like, oh, I got to read again. I got to pray again. And so, you know, when we have lunch in a minute, we're not just having lunch, right? We're celebrating what God is doing. That's going to get, you know, put wind in our sails to keep going and hope in Christ. Richard Foster, he's got a book called Celebration of Discipline. 
He says, without jubilee, without practicing joy, the disciplines become death-breathing tools in the hands of modern Pharisees. So, by making celebration a regular occurrence, okay, we systematize remembrance, right? Okay, we set up times where we stop. We set up traditions where we, we got to be careful with traditions, okay, but we set up times where we stop, look up, and go, God is so good. Look at what he's doing. And we enjoy and we remember. Joy produces energy to keep going. And an interesting thing about celebration is it produces more celebration. You ever notice that? Laughter begets laughter. Joy begets joy, right? And so maybe one of the most important benefits of celebration is that it saves us, saves us from taking ourselves too seriously, which is a, a really Christian thing to do sometimes and religious thing to do. So from, it saves us from becoming those like Angela-like characters that are quick to judge and everything. And, you know, it, it helps us go, oh, yeah, God is good, and we can actually have a good time together, right? Celebrating together gives us that desperately needed perspective of grace. And, uh, and so as we celebrate, we just have to realize that of all people, we should be the most free, Right? We should be the most alive, the most interesting person at the party should be Christians, I think. And so as we walked through the Gospel of Luke this past year, um, what we saw over and over was how many parties Jesus went to. Like Jesus went to so many dinner parties that he was accused of being a glutton and a drunkard. Not you go to a couple too many parties and have a couple extra pieces of Melba toast. A glutton and a drunkard. May we as Redemption City be accused of having too good a time. As the band comes up, I just want to say, I love you. Uh, I, I really, really do. Days like today really put everything into perspective for me. Uh, I love pastoring this church. I really hope to get to do it for the next 30 years or so if y'all will have me, okay? Um, but this was all just a dream a couple of years ago, and look what God is doing. So to him, we give all the praise. To him, we give all the glory, all the honor forever.